Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise for you make your way back to your seats. There's one more announcement we need to make. We are taking up in the food pantry for the Goodlesville Hip Center. And next, uh, this week was supposed to have been canned meat, like spam and stuff like that. Next week, we're asking everybody to bring some canned soup. That's for the Goodlesville Hip Center. Next Sunday, um, bring some cans of um, soup, and we are beginning to get that built back up again so we can help out in that need. You love the Lord, say amen. I hope you love him better than that. All right, give him a hand clap of praise. Are you going to have to help your pastor today? Um, I had to get different ones to take over for me past Wednesday night, which they did a great job, Brother Kyle taught, and because uh, um, he's just simply not able to um, talk much without coughing, and uh, I'm not over over that stuff yet, so I need your um, help this morning, and pray for me um, as we, um, even through the feebleness of our body, try to give you a message. And um, I do, I do feel like that it's a message uh, that the Lord wants brought. And um, Spirit of the Lord has been dealing with me during this service this morning, um, during the worship service. The Spirit of God has been moving uh, upon me, and um, before I get into it, Sister Kathy mentioned a while ago about those interested. Last year, we last year we put a sign-up sheet, and we intended to start and put together a um, an outreach team, and there were two or three that did sign up. But we never did. We didn't. Uh, I was get nobody uh, elected over it to take it and run with it and go with it. And um, with what God has been doing, what we've been feeling in the spirit, God speaking for 2019, we are we're going to get this up and running. And so, if you are interested. And everybody should be. Everybody should be interested in outreach. Um, and she mentioned there's a lot of ways to outreach. Um, I will not mention who it is, but I'll give you a good, a good example. Uh, you know... How many have heard the old saying, out of sight, out of mind? There's a lot of truth to that. We call ourselves apostolic, but we find ourselves way short of the apostolic church in the book of Acts. We come together and we unite in unity to worship on Sunday morning. But then most of us, we all go our different directions and our thoughts are not about others through the week. And if we were really a book of Acts, apostolic church, we we would... Be connected, not just on Sundays, but we would reach down, as the Bible talks about, when one member suffer, all suffer. I found out this morning, you know, Sister uh, Edna's been really battling it, going through with it. Brother Paul, bless his heart, has been doing the best he can to take care of her, to cook and do all that, and I was... Very well pleased to find out that there was somebody 
cooked a roast meal and took it over to them yesterday evening. Um, that's what Christianity is about. That's what being connected to the body of Christ is about. Um, and I would submit to you that God would have us to be more concerned with one another and not just come together and hug one another's neck on Sunday, but pray for one another during the week. I guarantee you, when we come back together to focus like that, we won't, we won't have to worry about praying the fire down the fire fall. Hallelujah. We won't have to worry about signs and wonders. They will work among us. Hallelujah. So, uh, I'm just so thankful for the will of God and what God is doing. I am going to uh, try to hold myself back and so I can minister and get this word across. Today I'm going to step out beyond a few things that we've always heard. I've told you for years that Pentecostals look at other denominations and talk about how they eat up with tradition. And the Pentecostal movement has got just as many traditions as other denominations. And we got a cipher between what's tradition and what the Bible really teaches. And there's a, there's one book in the Bible, only one out of sixty six, that's a blessing pronounced upon those who read it. Anybody know what book that is? It's the book of Revelation. There's a blessing, a special blessing. And the message that I'm going to bring you this morning comes out of years of study that I have studied in the book of Revelation. And even though I'm not going to be speaking out of the Revelation, the book of Revelation is what revealed this truth to me. And I'm going to let you know up front that this man, I've got a ways to go yet to, to measure up to this word I'm going to be bringing you today. We're going to go to the book of Acts, a verse that we all can quote. It is a, a pet verse of Pentecostals. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. I want everybody to say right before I pray, teach me today, Lord. If you really mean that, and you want God to teach you something today, say it one more time. Lord, as I come to you right now, 
you know the weakness and the frailty in my physical body. But just as much as you know the weakness and the frailty in my physical body, I know the power that resides in my spiritual body. And so I yield myself and I give myself to you today. And I'm asking you to help me to minister this word that you have given me for this congregation and for those that are watching by means of the internet today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, and you can be seated. When Jesus sent the Holy Spirit on the birthday of the church, they received more than the ability to speak in a language that they had never been taught. That was part of it. But they received more than that. They receive more than an emotional thrill that brings exuberance and excitement. And it was an emotional experience for every one of them. The Bible tells us they received P-O-W-E-R, power. Power was a part of the promise. Look at somebody and tell them power was a part of the promise. Now, we like that. We like that word power. And I have preached about it and taught about it for many years. You have heard this pastor give you the Greek word there, dunamis, from which we get the English word what? Dynamite. But the question that we are concerned with on this Sunday, I want to ask you, and I want everybody to ask himself, when the Scripture said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, I want to ask you this. Power for what? Power for what? Was it like our Pentecostal traditions teach? Well, they got they received power that they could become faith healers and heal the sick. Or they got power to cast out devils or even raise the dead. Now let me ask you, is that, is that not what our history and our tradition has brought us. Is that right? But what if I told you and I'm going to give you chapter and verse for everything that I say. What if I told you that they already possess power to heal the sick, cast out devils, and raise the dead? before the day of Pentecost. A lot of people don't consider that. They don't go back and study the gospel enough to know that this power that when, when he said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, he wasn't talking about I'm giving you power to go out and heal the sick. I'm giving you power to cast out devils. I'm giving you power to raise the dead because he had already given them that 
before the Holy Ghost was poured out. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 through 8. These 12, and this was back in the earlier days of the ministry of Jesus, after he started and he chose his disciples. The scripture on the screen went out on us, but let me read. These 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go ye not into the way of the Gentiles, and to any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now this is the words of Jesus, verse 8, Matthew chapter 10, in verse 8, heal the sick. Brother Wayne, he hadn't given him the Holy Ghost yet. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Raise the dead. What in the world was the power of Pentecost for? What was it for? What did they need that for? Somebody said it. To be witnesses. He said, you shall receive power, Acts 1 and 8, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the othermost part of the earth. Now, I was raised a nice little Baptist boy. And we were taught that we all supposed to be a witness. And we were taught that being a witness was doing certain things. Like going out into the world and giving your testimony about what God had done for you. Or to pass out a tract. I mean, man, they, they, had, they brought in them tracks by the truckload. And we were trained to always don't never go out in public unless you had a track. Hand one to somebody. Some of you younger don't know what I'm talking about, talking about right here. But if you have to go into a phone booth and make a phone call, leave a track laying there underneath the phone. If you go to the hospital to make visitation, go to the waiting room, leave some tracks. First of every month, when you went, went to write out checks to send off bills, stuff a track in there. And we were taught that's what it was to be a witness. There's nothing wrong with doing none of those things. In fact, we should be doing more of it. 
why in the world would the church need power to give somebody a testimony or pass out a tract? If that all, if, if that's all being a witness is all about. Anyone, anyone can do that, right? The power of dunamis is Or to tell somebody your testimony? No. So I submit to you today. That what Jesus was talking about, and if we're going to please God and I'll be a witness, it's going to curtail a whole lot more than what we've been doing. Now, I told you the Lord revealed this to me back when I studied, and I've, I've taught prophecy in the book of Revelation, Daniel. For 40 years. I want you to listen close and see if you can't come up with this. But the word witness, several in several places in the New Testament, that's translated witness. Do you know what the original? Word was in the original Bible into the very first Bible that was penned by the apostles. You shall be witnesses. Get yourself a strong concordance and you trace it and you'll find that original Greek word it's Martus. Martus. And by the way, I'm preaching about called to be a witness. Called to be a witness. The, the phonic pronunciation is Martus. Look at somebody and say Martus. Has anybody picked up and got a clue about that Greek word martus? It's where we get our word martyr. Spent years calling myself a witness for Jesus, but I haven't come close to what the early church did when they were witnesses. Actually what the Holy Ghost gave them power to do. If you want to get your English dictionary and look up that word martyr, a person who is put to death or endures great suffering on behalf of a belief, a principle, or a cause. A person who undergoes severe or constant suffering. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 2 and verse 13. Look at what he says here. Talking to one of the seven churches, he said, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. 
Look up that word martyr. Out of Revelation, where the King James translator said martyr, and look it up, and it'll be the same word that these place, other places I've told you about witness. Martus. And this was a man who was slain and killed for what he stood for. Church, we have been called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. these things that a lot of the modern church world's doing today with all the feel-good and the sermons to make people feel better about themselves if we were really standing firm as the early church did, we would be seeing an awful lot more persecution than what we're doing. Hello, somebody. How many apostles was there originally? Twelve. Do you know out of the twelve how many actually lived and died a natural death? Only one. Some of them were boiled in oil. Some were fed to lions. Some of them were crucified, killed with a sword, They were witnesses of Jesus Christ. Now, if I do this justice this morning, and I bring this across the way the Holy Ghost is moving within me, every one of us right now, if we're connecting with it, should be beginning to feel a little bit of heaviness and burden on our soul. We call ourselves being a witness in this world by giving a testimony or passing out a tract. But I believe God is leading me in this direction now to bring this across to you at this point in this time. It's because there's already been great persecution and tribulation of Christians in other parts of the world. And we basically, in America, has been free of that. But pastor is telling you, it's coming. I can hear the horse beats of the hoof. And I can see the dust from the horses on the horizon as tribulation, gabbling, galloping towards us. It's headed our way. It's going to be the time where God separates the wheat from the tares in the body of Christ. There's going to be a shaking in the land. The Word of God says that, that everything that can't be shaken will fall. I'm going to ask you, have you thought about, are you able to stand? Have you received the power? Because you've got to have the power to stand. Amen. In this last day, give God some praise.
talking about standing, let me bring you my first points. Standing against the winds of opposition. We're already there, folks. We're already there. There's all kind of wind of opposition blowing against the true church right now. We're already beginning to feel some of the struggle. The things that we have seen, the devil is in a rage. Like we've got we got governors and we got people in different states scared to death that we're gonna have a Supreme Court that's gonna overturn Roe v. Wade. So they have come up now and different states is making it illegal to have an abortion. Right up to the day of birth. And just a few days ago, some of our representatives in Congress tried to pass a bill. That if a baby, if a if a, a mother went in to get an abortion, and that abortion was botched, and the baby was born live, they tried to pass a bill to protect that child, so that it would it would be able to get care and and everything. And to help it. But certain members of a certain party rose up with the devil within them. And I would not mind telling you it's a spirit of demonic. Saying no. They can t- if that child was meant for abortion, they can push it back and leave it in the dark, cold room and just let it die. But some nurses have said, well, one nurse said, well, I would, what I would do I would just drown it. Another one said I would break his neck. That is going on right now in what we call the United States of America. You tell me we ain't battling the twins of opposition. If I go back on our nine-acre property and I find a nest of an eagle and there's eggs... Of a, of an eagle in that nest. And I climb up there and I get one of them eggs and I destroy it and I kill it. And they find out about it, I will be arrested. Somebody better hear what this pastor's saying right now. I spoke years ago and I told you that there are two things that the Lord dealt with me out of a whole lot of fasting. Amen. In prayer, that was going to be the divided issues of the church that was going to bring back judgment of God on this planet. And those things are homosexuality, hallelujah, and abortion. And it's here. It's here. It's here. California's fixing to pass a law to ban all religious books. Christians and ministers of the gospel are more in danger now to be arrested over hate speech. I watched a movie that came out many years ago on the tribulation. 
and things hadn't changed in being like they are now. And it, I couldn't understand why. Because in that movie about the tribulation, they were going breaking into churches and hauling people off. And they call, was calling Christians haters. And I thought within my carnal mind, how in the world can a Christian be considered a hater? Needless to say, I understand now. Because if I speak truth, I'm considered a hater. And the day's quickly coming. Just two days ago, just two days ago, I read an article. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I might be the age, I might have it wrong. But just two days ago, I read an article where a 14-year-old girl carried her parents to court and the judge ruled that those parents could no longer refer to their 14-year-old girl as a girl. They could no longer call her by the name that was given her at birth that by the name considers her to be a female because she has decided because she has been brainwashed by society. Well, I, you know, I, I'm not going to accept that no more. I don't want to be considered a girl. And the judge ruled that the parents could not under no circumstances. I'm not talking about Russia. I'm not talking about some other third world country. I'm talking about the United States of America. If you hadn't heard some of these things that are going on, you better get up and smell the coffee, folks. Because it's closing in all around us. It's closing in all around us. And people are going to have to decide whether or not they're going to be a witness. Hello, somebody. Are you going to be willing to suffer for truth? Are you going to be the next Kim Davis? She's a martyr. She didn't die physically, but there's still a bunch that's doing, trying to bring all kind of lawsuits against that woman and still get her back in the courts because the devil is mad. We are in a spiritual warfare. And the Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse. We're going to have to stand against the winds of opposition. That's why we got power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon us. Not power to heal the sick and do all this stuff, but power to be a witness. And when I say witness, I'm, the word says martyrs, a martyr. It takes more to be a biblical witness and pass out a track to somebody. Second Timothy 2 and 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. In meekness, verse 25 says, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil 
that's what's happened with all these people. It says, well, I know I was, I was born, and people call me a male, but I feel like I'm a female. Let me tell you something. Those kind of folks are being caught in the snare of the devil. And judges and anybody else goes along with it. Let me tell you something. What they're doing is calling upon people to synchronize mental illness. I think we would all agree that there is a force coming against the church that we haven't encountered in quite a while. Our position is here now. Look at somebody and say now. To the point of needing power to stand against the winds that are blowing already against us. But I've got to go to the next point. We've got to receive that power so we can be unmovable. Unmovable. Immovable in suffering. We are going to need power as never before to be steadfast, unmovable in our faith, determination, and love. Somebody say love. Love because no, and listen to me. Pastor told you when I started that I hadn't measured up everything in this message I'm fixing to get on right now. Being a witness means being willing to stand against the forces coming against us and be unmovable, but yet still have our life be motivated by love. Love, because no matter what they do against us, we still must love them and not want to fight them. You think I've been telling you you need power. No matter what the government people in public or anywhere else do to us, Jesus says we still got to love them and not want to fight them. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have that power completely in my life yet. Because when I hear some of the things that are going on, my temper boils. I get riled. I heard that story about that 14-year-old girl. I said, you let a 14-year-old kid of mine and some kind of judge tell me that I can't call my boy by the name of a boy no more. I said, there ain't going to be no days like this. But I've got to have enough power of the Holy Ghost that if a judge rules that on me, I've got to have enough genuine love that I can hug him around his neck and say, I love you, brother, and I'm praying for you. If you haven't read the Fox's Book of Martyrs, you better get a hold of a copy. The early church received power of the Holy Ghost. And when many of them was gathered in arenas and had wild animals turn loose on them, they did not try to defend themselves. While some of them was already gone and dead and their bones being crushed by the jaws of the wild beasts, 
those who still hadn't been attacked were still singing hymns. How in the world is that possible? Because they received power to be a witness, to be a martyr. First Thessalonians three, one and eight. I'm not gonna hold you much longer. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow labor in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. Verse 3, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed to this. I'm not going to read all of that. I'm just trying to uh, conserve time. We have got to have the power as the Apostle Paul to walk into the struggle and not run from it. We need power to overcome the natural tendency. Listen to me close. We need power to overcome the natural tendency of self-preservation so we can become the witness Jesus needs in these last days. How many remembers Sister Susan that came here and spoke last year, the missionary? Does a mighty work of God there, part of the Amazon jungle. And you see what she's done, and I have contact with her, and Get updates all the time. It's amazing how God is moving. But I read a book. A few years back. Of the first. Men who made contact with some of those tribes of people in the Amazon. They felt a call of God. They prepared. They went. If I'm not mistaken, the name of the book is At the Point of the Spear. I think... I didn't have this in my notes, so I didn't put it down, but the Lord's given to me to tell this at this time. They flew there, and they started circling a small riverbed that had an opening that looked like it was big enough to land a plane. They took a basket put some items in it, they got it got down low to the ground, and they just started circling them. As some of those native people, some of them are the same background of those that Sister Susan ministers to today. Some of those items dropped out on, on, on the ground there, and they then they raised up the plane, and they began to uh, go there and pick up the things, some of the things that they had never seen, like flashlights and different things of that. They went on back, and they came back the next day, and they did the same thing. Then finally they went with a cow, and they said, we're going to land. They landed that day.
got out of the plane. Trying to make contact with these people. I'm not telling you everything that happened. I, I, I can't remember the total story. But they never got a chance to preach a message. Because some of them looked at the others and said, let's spear them in their language. They came out and surrounded them and started throwing spears. They began to get hit by the spears. One of them opened the side door of the plane and reached up and started to get a, a small revolver that they had with them. And as you reach for it, he says, no. God didn't send me here to shoot these people, but to help him, help them. All of them died. They had received power that goes beyond the natural tendency of a man for self-preservation. They were determined to be a witness. And one of them who was in on the spearing was later won to the Lord and baptized. When one of those men wife and family came back years later. He fell before them crying, saying he was sorry for what he took part in to their loved one. Those men had a pistol. They could preserve themselves, but because they was a witness, they opened up a door that now, many years later, a woman from America that at one time used to work over here in Rivergate at Sam Ash, she could go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. I have not gained that point yet. God, I need your power. We sung the song, I give myself away. Do we re are we really willing to give ourselves away? I want to read one more scripture, and I'm going to close. Called to be a witness. Acts chapter 20, verses 20 through 24. Paul was telling the story about his ministry and life. And he told him how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. This is when he was headed to Jerusalem. He said, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that change and tribulations await me. People were trying to keep him from going. Other people in the church had visions that Paul, if he went, this was going to be the final time. He, was, he wasn't going to be able to come back. 
What did he say? But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Apostle Peter was a witness when it came down to his time to die. And they was going to crucify him. History tells us, it's not recorded in the Bible, but some historians say that Peter stopped and said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, fellas. I'm not worthy to die the same way that my Lord did. And if you must crucify me, crucify me hanging upside down. How in the world could he do that when back several years before he denied that he even knew the Lord because on the day of Pentecost he got power. I read to you what Apostle Paul told the folks as he was going to Jerusalem, which would be the time that he would be arrested and carried to Rome and tried. I've read one historian's account, Brother Jeff. And that one historian's account. Because he had received power to be a witness. We have been called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. And the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more witnesses God's going to have to have. Men and women willing to stand against the forces, speak the truth in love, that even those that are persecuting us, those who are trying to kill us, we can still look at them with eyes of love and try to win them to God because we, even though they're killing us, we don't want to see their soul in hell. Until I can do that, I've got to say I've got to have more power. I've got to have more power. I can't do it on my own. I've got to have more power. Stand together with